Sean, you like did your hair for this one and everything. It's a whole new you, huh? Is it that obvious? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm, haircut? No, I didn't even get a haircut. I actually have not gotten one in forever. Um, hence the beard, because I usually like the beard to match the haircut, as in kempt and uh, professional. Um, <laughs> I've done neither. Fair enough. Well, hey, guys, welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. We are here at 7 p.m., so a little bit early on our Tuesday uh, regularly scheduled evening because we have uh, the presidential debate tonight, and Sean and I both want to angry text and tweet about it. Um, so, well, actually, I would tell you, I am I am kind of avoiding it, and I'll catch the highlights tomorrow. Oh, good it's- for you. It's too much for me. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blowing myself off from it. I will be hearing everything about it, and it will be picked apart by NPR. But I still, I, I can't do the full one. I like just getting really pissed off before I go to bed. I think it helps with my sleep. So um, I look forward to it. It should be a good time. How have you been? Oh, exhausted. Um, I, I promise that one of these days on this podcast, I'll stop complaining about teaching. Um, The uh, kids are just so lovely. They genuinely are, and they really care about their education, so they email me a ton. Um, I really wish they would stop, but no, it's actually a good thing that they do that. It's good that they self-advocate, but um, I need a moment. (laughs) You're like, I love my job. I love my job. I love my job. (laughs) Keep telling myself that. It's a tough one. There you go. Well, so we are going to get to a decent amount of news. Of course, a lot of it hit today. I was uh, texting you about how crazy that got, Um, but we let's start off with what we've been watching. Do you want to start off on your end? Yeah, I'll start off on my end. So what I have been watching is, uh, first of all, um, in honor of RBG, the other night I watched On the Basis of Sex, the uh, movie with uh, Felicity Jones involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was um, not, you know, I, I tend to have a bit of a uh, uh, angry bias towards biopics. Um, and I, I just have the biggest issue with them. Uh, this one flirted with the issues I usually have, but for the most part, was a pretty good movie in general. I was actually pleasantly surprised because yeah. I worry about the over Hollywoodization of these types of movies. And um, it could have been a little bit of liberal candy, but it was still just good enough that I, I actually enjoyed kind of what it was, uh, what it was uh, showing. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, it, it's not my favorite. I think going up against the RBG documentary uh, is, you know, the actual documentary um, really hurts it. And by going up against it, I mean being released within you know a year of it or so. But uh, it wasn't bad. She did a good job, and I like how it focused on the early days of Ruth Bader Ginsburg instead of uh, you know all the way up till today and trying to throw all that into one movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think also just credit to uh, Felicity Jones's performance, which yeah. I didn't expect it to be good. I'm like, oh, they have an English girl playing Ruth Bader. This is like the exact opposite of what to be. <laughs> didn't overdo it which is really like you know impressive and she was subtle with the you know the brooklyn voice and everything and it was actually she embodied the character surprisingly well and how about that last minute that always gets me oh my god i mean especially watching this after her death it was a very very heavy moment beautiful beautiful moment absolutely love it i then uh, kept on going on the feminism angle and i watched a movie that uh, disappointed me quite a bit um misbehavior um, Misbehavior is a movie about uh, the Miss World competition in the 70s uh, that takes place in uh, the uh, in Great Britain, okay. um, and where a bunch of um, where a group of uh, feminist protesters um, disrupted it while Bob Hope was hosting. Um, yeah, uh, Greg Kinnear played Bob Hope, um, which worked kind of. It actually <laughs> did. He was doing a bit of too much of an impression, and uh, in the serious moments, he just looked like he was uncomfortable being there. So it wasn't a great performance, but I, you know, for what he was asked of, which was quite a lot, um, it was a, you know, difficult performance. This movie did not like its characters at all and did not <laughs> care about them and truly did not have a second act. Like it was all of a sudden the culminating act. And I was just like, we haven't really had much of a story yet. And so <laughs> I'm just a little bit bummed by it. And cause I, you know, I want it to be good. There's so much talent in it. Um, you have, uh, let me see if I can uh, name them off the dome, uh, Kira Knightley, uh, Jesse Buckley. Um, then you uh, go into uh, Risa Fons, um, Leslie Manville, who plays Bob Hope's mm. wife. It, it, like she's an American in a British movie. And uh, the whole thing just sort of like <laughs> everyone was underused. Uh, it was just a pretty unfortunate, uh, you know, movie in that regard. Still like said the right messages, but you know, a little bit off. Right, right, right. So do you want me to talk about Enola Holmes now, or do we do that at the end of our What Do We Watch? Yeah, let's do it, because we both watched that, and uh, yeah. 
Uh, you you typed Ebola Holmes, so I did you, type Ebola Holmes. You That's fell cool. into the hole that I did when I posted the review on my uh, my website. <laughs> oh my goodness, I really did type Ebola Holmes. Autocorrect. So, um, uh, so Ebola Holmes is about uh, she's oh no sorry, um, Enola Holmes um, is the sister of uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, the younger sister, and she gets into uh, many adventures. Um, this movie, <laughs> this is how I'm going to pl- play it. This movie wasn't good. Um, it was a little bit messy after the first half. Uh, it slowed to a crawl at times. It was like fun mystery, fun mystery. Then it's like treehouse with grandma. And I'm like, oh boy, this thing is going <laughs> in directions that I don't like. Um, and I will say that I still gave it a B because it made up for it in just the pure enjoyability factor. This was a fun, fun movie. Thanks to the cast. Thanks to the very bright and spry direction. Um, I think, you know, the writing could have used a little bit of work, but it, it was in general, like a lot of fun. And so enjoyable enough that people should see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, there, there were parts of it that got kind of slow and were a little bit painful to get through. But the rest of the movie I really enjoyed. And I think I mainly enjoyed it because of Millie Bobby Brown. She was absolutely incredible in it, um, I thought. And she was just, you could tell she was having a blast. They actually just released the bloopers yesterday or the day before, and they're hilarious too. Um, But I just thought, like, the whole cast did well. It's a little bit different than we're used to with Sherlock Holmes. You don't have sort of that, like, smart-ass Sherlock. You have Henry Cavill playing it very, like, you know, straight and narrow. Um, How how did you like the Henry Cavill Sherlock? Because it has been divisive. I... I liked it because he kind of, he fell into the background and in a film that's supposed to be about Enola Holmes and it's pushing her character instead of his, who we know so much about already. I was fine with it. I was completely fine with it. And I'm excited because I think that Netflix finally has their franchise that they've been looking for. Oh yeah. Uh, They can keep going with these and um, it would just be a joy to watch. So yeah, that was a good one. Um, I watched The Surrogate. Uh, the Surrogate is a very, very interesting movie about uh, a biracial same-sex couple who turns to their uh, best friend to carry their baby. Uh, into the pregnancy, they find out that the baby uh, will be born with Down syndrome. Um, for me, I like one of our friends, uh, Ziana, recommended this uh, to me because just it's all the issues that I, I love. Um, and, you know, I grew up with my aunt living with me who has Down syndrome. Um, so it was definitely up my alley. I was frustrated by the movie in so many ways, um, but mainly because the characters just weren't that likable. And I struggled writing the review yesterday only because um, clearly I don't know what characters or people like that go through when they're faced with these decisions. Um However, the main character, Jess, the surrogate, just becomes more and more and more unlikable as the movie goes on. Um, And very just, I thought, unbelievable in a lot of ways Um, and really, really pushy. (laughs) It's, you know, I don't want to fall into familiar tropes of like calling like a woman, like a woman in a film, like pushy and, you know, naggy and stuff like that. Um, But that's the way this character was written. And it really surprised me. So I was not thrilled by that. I think there was a missed opportunity, um, but it, it wasn't terrible. Uh, definitely like seeing more movies like that that reflect modern families and modern modern decisions. So um, the other one I watched was, or another one I watched was Console Wars. It's on CBS All Access. Uh, it is supposed to be about Sega versus Nintendo back in the day, but it really turns into like the rise and fall of Sega. That's the main focus. Um, it's a fine documentary. It's really interesting. Nintendo was just a beast when they first, or when Sega first came on the, uh, you know, on the, the market, so to speak, uh, or into the picture. So, um, it it was fine. It got a little boring at times. It was structured a little weird, but, um, I'm told that the book that it's based off of is really fascinating. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. It kind of just skimmed the surface of a lot of topics, um, which I hate with documentaries. I'm like, go all in or don't do it. Uh, last week I saw Shortcut in theaters. Shortcut is a an hour and twenty minute tight film. Uh, it's a horror film. Um, it is. Uh, I think I. I'm trying to remember how I put it. I think I put it as uh, it's as if John Hughes directed a horror film that was like The Breakfast Club mixed with Jeepers Creepers. Um, so it's essentially a group of five students, so to speak. They're on a bus. We don't know what they're 
why they're together or whatever, but you have all of the general uh, stereotypes there. You have like the leather jacket smoking guy in the back. You have the, you know, a courageous guy. You have the smarty pants girl. You have the bombshell girl. And then you have the chub- the chubby funny guy. Um, it just, it didn't really work for me in a lot of ways. I was kind of bored with it. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. The dialogue was so cheesy. Um, the creature itself was pretty cool. I just felt like they took a lot of uh, leaps in logic to really get to the end of the story. So I don't know. I, I've been kind of striking out with a lot of movies recently. Um, there's some coming out this week that I'm looking forward to that we'll get to later. So hopefully that uh, that's a little bit better. But um, yeah, the other piece of um, kind of my viewing recently, I am lucky enough to be a juror for an international film festival. So I have about 13 films that um, I've been designated to uh, judge and they range range from short live action films to short animated films to feature length films. Um, And I watched a few so far. I have a, I have a lot more to watch in the next 24 hours. So uh, I keep saying, so to speak, that must be my new thing tonight. So to speak. speak. But, uh, but yeah, so that's been really cool because, you know, a lot of these are people that you've never heard of before. Uh, and some of their ideas are really fascinating. Um, some of them, not so much. But uh, the I watched an animated film that just blew me away because it completely caught me off guard. And it was just so good. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. So you have 24 hours to see all these movies now? Well, no, 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 no. So, well, I have a lot of a lot of them are short films, which is okay. you know easy to knock out. Um, but you know, like one does, I waited to the last minute to get through a lot of them. So um, I, I'm spending some time tomorrow going through more. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. All right, end the podcast. See ya. All right, see you later. <laughs> uh, so let's dive into the news. We do have quite a bit to get to. Um, let's start with our comic book news. There always is some sort of comic book news and we're now grouping them together. The first is that Zack Snyder is getting the crew back together, uh, for some reshoots. It seems of, uh, justice league. It's not the entire crew that's coming together. Uh, but it is, let me see Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck and Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher being the interesting one. Uh, since he's currently in the back and forth with uh, with Warner Brothers regarding a toxic workplace. People are kind of upset about this because they're like, you said it was a Snyder cut. Why, why does he have to go back and film more and you know all that stuff? We talked about this a little bit last week, um, the, but the big change to the story is that Henry Cavill is reportedly not going back for scenes now. Um, so it's just a little bit of a change. But hey, who knows what they're doing with this? Are you interested? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> you, you, well, uh, th- those that are familiar with the podcast uh, know that uh, you're the DC guy. Um, I am someone that has been, uh, <laughs> I'll put it politely, disappointed by the DC films. Um, but I, I've seen their magic and I've understood them. And so I, and I like this idea of the Snyder Cut being this four episode, like four part, like just, and it's going to be an interesting experiment. So I'm sort of excited to see what happens there. Yeah, that they're like bringing more people. I thought they had everything and this was going to be a genuine thing. And I I don't know. I mean, it's fine, but, you know. Yeah, I imagine that some of this is just for like transition purposes. And now that it's going to be four episodes, probably just, you know, it has to look clean. So I'm sure that maybe they're doing something with that. Um, Or, you know, I I think I theorized last week that maybe they are going to continue the Snyderverse in some way on HBO Max. There's been renewed rumors about uh, Ben Affleck returning for a series on HBO Max. So who knows? Um, But the more interesting, I think, movie news came out of uh, the Black Adam casting. So, of course, Black Adam is the movie that's long been in development with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, And we just found out that Aldous Hodge, who most recently was in The Invisible Man... Um, has been cast as Hawkman. Um, I'm pretty pumped for this. I think it's great casting. This is great. I mean, of course, as I always do during the comic book corner, um, I talk about how I don't know anything about the actual source material. And that is true in this case. Um, I will say that, you know, I love the idea of, um, first of all, a black actor getting cast, which was probably going to be the case anyway, based on the character. However, even then, I'm happy it's a lesser known black Mm -hmm. actor. I mean, I hate Put Michael B. Jordan in every movie. Put um, you know Daniel Kaluuya in every movie. But I think if we get more people that are un- like, not that he's a complete unknown. He he was very good in uh, Invisible Man, even though in Invisible Man it was Elizabeth Moss's world and we're all just living in it. Yeah. But, um, 
So it was tough to really like go toe to toe with her. But that I, I love, you know, based on knowing nothing about the source material, I love the idea of this casting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good casting. I'm excited for it. There's a funny story that The Rock posted about that uh, when he called uh, Aldous to talk to him about this, um, Aldous didn't believe it was him. It's very much a la uh, Fighting with My Family, if you saw Literally, that movie. Yeah. yeah That's it's, great. Oh, it's the same thing. So. Um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty funny. Um, the Rock just has such great energy for this project that, you know, I will I'll watch anything with him. Well, he's just going to keep promoting things like this, and he's just you know, and like you know, he's going to tell stories of this nature, and you know, he's just so charismatic. I'll see his movie three times in yeah. a movie theater. Uh, like I'll do anything. Like <laughs> speaking of movies that you're going to watch. Uh, we have more Scream 5 news because apparently that's the only movie that matters right now and they're kind of bringing everyone up to uh, onto the cast. Who got uh, cast this time, Joe? Nobody. Oh, that's... Oh, oh okay. In Why fact, not? in they're fact... They're out of room. They don't have any more money. Um, <laughs> especially because they are spending them on COVID tests and three crew members have tested positive for COVID. The production is continuing because the crew members are said to not have been uh, interacting with the director or the cast. Um, so they're able to keep going, but it's just another reminder of kind of the post uh, or the new world, I should say, that we're living in with COVID and um, all these films returning to production, but still running into potential health issues. This does seem like, you know, this this cast, this crew, um, this setup did everything right. Um, it seems like they were completely safe. You're not going to, I mean, I guess the NBA has 0% because they locked everyone in a room for, you know, two days or two weeks. But I mean, you're not going to get a zero percent usually, but they seem to have taken the precautions and kept things separate enough that you know they're not going to be suffering any losses really at all. And so that's actually pretty marvelous. And I'm I'm grateful that uh because you just hear every single time there's a movie studio that's just like you know oh they shut down production again and up oh, they mm-hmm. shut down and you know some of them are coming back up, but it's just one of those things where you know I'm, I'm just glad someone's doing it right. And especially with such a large cast, right? Like we joke around about all the casting, but they do have a ton of people uh, in this cast. And who knows? Um, you know, it's it's risky every day. Uh, but this also brings up something that you and I have been talking about for quite a while. And you have not seen any of the screen movies, Scream movies. Is that correct? Listen, we all have our movies that we're ashamed that we haven't seen. It was seen. a yes or no. No, I'm kidding. We all <laughs> Sir, you have two minutes. Are we debate? Are we ready for tonight at nine? Um, but no, we all, yep. <laughs> we, all, we all have our movies that we haven't seen. The worst shame you haven't seen. I have a lot of them still, even through this quarantine. I tried to knock a lot off my list, but Scream and all of the other Scream movies, I have not. Um, I am not a horror movie guy. I have become one, and I love the modern horror movie. And so I look back on horror movies, and I'm like getting a few every, every little bit I can. But now, officially, I have made uh, the promise to Joe that I will be seeing um, all these Scream movies. So all four Scream movies, um, we will be doing one a week in what we call Scream Watch. <laughs> Everything has to have a name. <laughs> oh, you better believe it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed there was no alliteration for me. But, uh, you know, it's, it, we're going to just have Scream Watch then. Well, now you got me thinking. Um, oh, so what Great we'll do back. is... Next week, uh, being the first week in October and the first episode in October, we'll do Scream. So make sure you watch it by then. We'll have a small discussion about it. Um, There are some interesting aspects to the entire series that I want to see if you ultimately pick up on, because that's going to lead us to a theory that I just read that I'm actually really big on uh, for what Scream 5 might be about. So um, or how it might be structured, I should say. So we'll definitely get to that. I think that will be a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy them. I'm excited uh, for him. I genuinely am. I just never got around to them, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. Um, so a little bit of breaking news here to go in with uh, uh, with our Borat 2 official title. Um, so Borat 2, we know, was filmed in secrecy earlier this year. It has a absolutely ridiculous name, and that's the main story that we were focusing on. Uh, the story is Borat, Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Michael Pence. <laughs> To make benefit recently diminished nation of Kazakhstan. I can't even get that out. It's even better because it's Mikhail Pence. Mikhail Pence. Absolutely has me screaming. The entire. (laughs) Oh, God. It is is, like, you know, the other the other title, I was just kind of like, okay, they're doing a bit. I get it. This one is just absolutely Baron Cohen is not backing down. He is just going full into it. 
Um, I don't think he ever has backed down, but this is this is just absolutely wonderful. He's going full into it. We know uh, based on what we've read before and talked about in previous episodes that there is some discussion or focus on uh, the relationship between Trump and Epstein during this. Um, and now we know that Amazon has acquired it and it will debut on Prime Video next month. So it is coming out in October prior to the election, which is pretty fascinating. Um, nice I shirt, by the way. What's up? Nice shirt, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I always, I always hunch over the, uh, so I never <laughs> go with shirt. So yeah, I'm excited for that. I think that should be a blast. Just as I'm excited for uh, the film Cherry that was acquired by Apple. So Cherry is one that is getting a ton of awards uh, chatter already for Tom Holland. Um, Tom Holland is the lead in the Russo brothers film. Uh, and it is uh, the true story of a former army medic who returns from Iraq and falls into opioid addiction, which leads him to robbing banks and all the hijinks that go with that. But based on a true story and Hey, Tom Holland, after seeing his serious turn in the devil all the time, I'm very excited for this. I mean, we just need to face the fact that he has the goods and yeah. uh, he had the goods as Spider-Man. He actually like, you know, he was decided to be the third Spider-Man in like 15 years and, you know, has nailed it. Um, then uh, he goes into, uh, yeah, the devil all the time where it's just absolutely this like insanely subtle and just painful performance. And so I already know he can be good at this. I It just makes sense. And this movie seems to be tackling like many issues that we're dealing with now, um, like the treatment of vets, uh, opioid addiction. <laughs> that is the best time to have a little bit of a word salad moment right there, just in the most intense moments of, uh, you know, the world we're in. Um, but I think that it's... Um, something where Hollins continues to flex his muscles. And I love that the Russo brothers are involved in, in this to just, just to try to drag him out a little more. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Apple because they're really racking up the content, um, you know, aside from their, the deals that they struck with Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio's production firms um, to have this uh, awards contender right off the bat, I think is going to be really big for the streamer. I also like that you put in the notes, um, Cherry is acquired by Apple, and I thought this was a very interesting, like fruit salad recipe. <laughs> I was that that one I was developing. I thought it went okay. I swung for the fences. Let's just get. What's the speaking of terrible jokes? There were um, some. No, I not think, a good one. <laughs> I, yeah, I think there were some some funny, uh, you know, missed opportunities there with uh, Cherry and Apple and stuff like that. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll move on because we've already butchered that story. Yep. But in Disney live action news, a couple stories here. The first being one that I'm really pumped for, and I think you are too. Uh, Disney has just uh, cast Tinkerbell for its live action Peter Pan and Wendy film because apparently we need a live action Peter Pan film uh, and we're getting it whether we want it or not. But Yaras uh, Shahidi from Blackish is taking on the role and we already know that Jude Law uh, has been cast as Captain Hook. So th I think this is a great casting. So this is my issue is that I just completely hate live action um, remakes and I just will never like them. Although I do have my always Buddhist uh, saying that if it's good, it's good, but just come on. I, I really can't handle it. That being said, sometimes these, these uh, live action, the news is more fun because we get the fan casting and stuff. Now this isn't fan casting. This is actual casting, but this is like you just said, great casting. This yeah. is a, perfect role for this person this person is beautiful charming also sassy i mean i i love the idea of it um i know there will be issues coming in my apologies for the email there's another student that just emailed me <laughs> oh geez um but i think that this is a great casting um i haven't heard it yet but i'm ready for the people they're gonna just be upset that a black actress is playing tinkerbell um, because the because uh, fairies have a race apparently, um, and also you know it's just one of those things where it's a fictional character, so they could be whatever race they want to be. So get off it. But yeah, I don't think I haven't heard much, so I'm just I'm just like you know working ahead of the horrible comments that are probably already out there. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at the comment sections for some self preservation there and self care. Uh, but it reminds me of uh, when the news broke, and I'm going to forget the actress's name right now, but she was cast as uh, Ariel in The Little Mermaid, um, another a mixed actress, and um, everyone was like, my, uh, my Little Mermaid's not mixed. And I'm like, your Little Mermaid's a cartoon. Like, come on, let's pull it together here. 
Oh, man. But in the live action realm, there's some other news here. And that news is that we are getting a sequel to The Lion King. (laughs) Uh, None of this news today is fun. (laughs) I can't. Like, come on. And it's worse. Go go further with the news announcement because, like, then I get even more mad. Is it that Moonlight director Barry Jenkins is directing? Yes. Like, really? Like I'm, I, I'm trying to be mad about another live action Disney live action movie, and then you bring Barry Jenkins on. So now I can't be mad because he's amazing, but I still don't know if he's the right person for this. Like he, he obviously can do anything after making the masterpieces. I'm using the M word masterpieces of Moonlight, and yeah, if Beale Street could talk, didn't get the attention, deserve the attention. I'll stand by it. But he, like, and he can do no wrong after those two. And then he's now going to go for the Lion King movie. And this is the thing. They make the great movies before that. And then they were able to get the big money picture. I thought Barry was better than that. But maybe he's going to do something cool with it. But But this is even a weird big budget picture for him to get. Because it's not really like he's directing any actors or anything aside from voice cast. And everything is done in that you know technological dome, so to speak. Uh, that John Favreau was uh, championing and using for the Mandalorian. So I don't know. I don't know. Billy Eichner coming back would be great because he was the best part of that movie. Beyonce was not, so she should be recast. Um, but other than that, that's what we're getting. <laughs> well, they had a they had a movie that was just Timbon and Pumbaa. Um, if they could do that, that would be lovely. Was, was that Lion King there. one and a half or something? Yes. Or was that a, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, how do you feel about M Night Shyamalan? Oh, I'm, I, 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 I give him still respect. He, uh, he, he was probably one of the best in his first couple, and then he went down a rabbit hole that was pretty tough. Um, yeah. you know, he, he started off with Six Sense, Signs, Unbreakable, just absolute, like you know, awesome, awesome, awesome. Then the Village came out, and the Village is still this. I'm gonna go through the whole canon. So mad, stop me. Um, the Village is just this, you know. This close to being good, except for the insane flaws in the logic of the storyline. Um, and then uh, we, we go further, and then I'll just skip ahead. He goes really, really low after that, and it gets really, really rough. He has dug himself out of that hole pretty substantially. Yeah. And that's something where now I find out a new movie from him, and I'm like, okay, let's all sit. Let's all see what's going to happen. This could be good. This could be bad. But let's see. Like, you know, he has given us the chance to give him a chance. Can we talk about real quick though, how, uh, and this is a slight spoiler. So if you have not seen uh, Janelle Monae's most recent film, Antebellum, um, (laughs) skip forward 15 seconds because we're going to spoil talk right now in three, two, one. It's basically the same idea as The Village. It is absolutely, yes. Um, It's it's The Village with racism. uh, Yeah, pretty much. Um, And I, I look at, you know, something like The Village and, you know, it's one of those things where the monsters were trying to like the, the monsters were saying, get out at some points. And it's like, well, why would the monsters that are dressed up as the parents want to say, like say, get out to the other villagers when they want them to actually stay in the village. It, it seems like he was writing it as he went, which, you know, he has sometimes confessed to doing with some of his movies. Yeah. So it gets a little bit rocky for him. And I guess the good news is the story that we have tonight is that his next movie that is in production now will be titled Old, and it's based on a graphic novel. Um, so it's based on a property already, which I think will help him a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but the it's a graphic novel called Sandcastle, uh, and it is about a group of people trapped on a beach after finding a dead body and trying to figure out what forces are at play, essentially. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, but we have to be careful that uh, even though it's written by someone else or based on another IP, M. Night Shyamalan doesn't exactly do well with those either, Avatar. Um, and, uh, you know, so it, it may, he may still That's screw it up. Point. That's a very good point. <laughs> I don't want to be too mean to M. Night because I am rooting for him. It's like, hey, you came out of there with like the visit and split. You started to come back. Then glass happened and like, okay. Um, <laughs> we were rooting for you. <laughs> It's it's there. It's that he's doing some stuff that's fun, but in general, I I, I hope I oh boy, he, he's a frustrating director that I want I want to I want to like more. But he's an inconsistent good. director. I don't know that he grows much. I think he still likes to play in the same sandbox. Um, and now it's time to graduate to the jungle gym and make things a little bit more interesting. Um, 
and we'll run with that. Um, speaking of running, not a good transition, but we're going to run through this next story, though, because I'm really not interested in it. I got to tell you. Um, Mattel's popular toy line, Hot Wheels, is getting a movie. Uh, there, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, it's written by Neil Widener and Gavin James. This will be their first feature film um, that makes it to the big screen. They are also attached to the San Andreas sequel. Um, Mattel's been trying to develop Hot Wheels for a long, long time. Fast and the Furious already did it. Discuss. <laughs> I I will say with this, um, you know, it, it can it can happen. They made Lego Movie, and Lego Movie was brilliant. I think what they have to do is maybe not the same thing as Lego Movie, but the one thing, if they make it serious, it will be stupid. <laughs> but if they make it stupid, it will be brilliant. Now, if you don't follow that logic, neither do I. I'm very tired. But I think that there's something there where it's like, you know, you're making a movie about Hot Wheels. Of course, this has to be ridiculous. Of course, it has to be something where, you know, half of it is in the universe of Will Ferrell and his kid and the other half. Like, I'm thinking that you have to really go way outside the box, just like they did in Lego Movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Look, I know that Mattel and Hasbro are both trying to, like, speed their way into um, a larger shared universe for their toys and all that. Um, with, you know, Mattel has uh, Barbie that um, Margot Robbie was attached to, but I haven't really heard much about that in a while. Uh, so good for them. I hope they do something interesting with it because you got to build something around Hot Wheels that hasn't been done before, right? Like they're they're literally just cars. Um, I have a bunch of them in the garage from when I was younger. <laughs> so uh, we can walk through each of them if you want. I can go get them and we can just be like, this guy is the angry one. <laughs> this guy... <laughs> I'm trying to think about a podcast where we discuss a Hot Wheel from memory and go from there, but uh, we'll develop that later. <laughs> yeah, to be developed. Um, just like Avatar 4 and 5 will be developed after 2 and 3 are in the can. And here's what we know from James Cameron himself. The um, I can't even say long-awaited Avatar sequels because it's just been so long since the original one and they keep getting pushed back and they're now scheduled through 2028, which is ridiculous. Um, if we're, if, if we make it that far as a society, <laughs> that is very optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we do know that avatar two filming is 100% done avatar three filming, which they were filming at the same time is about 95% done. They're finishing some of that up. Um, and, uh, they are coming out in 2022 and 2024 respectively with avatar four and five scheduled for 2026 and 2028. Are you interested in avatar? I didn't like the first one. Um, I, I recognize its visual prowess and, um, I will forever respect it for that. And I, and because of that, I will definitely be interested in, in the next, uh, 17 of them. Um, I think that, uh, one of the issues I have with it is first of all, they're saying, oh yeah, they're done filming. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> they're done. Fil that means the actors can go home, but there's gonna be visual effects people there for just years and years and years. So I, I would argue, you know, what is it? Tw they said 2022. Oh yeah, we have two and a half years. Not not two yeah. and a half, but a little over two. I, I maybe they'll finish that in that time, but I, I just know that Cameron's the kind of guy that like literally doesn't make the movie until the effects are perfect. So if the effects aren't perfect or not invented yet, then pretty much he's gonna just you know go there. I would love to see this world explored more. I would love to see a script that wasn't stolen from several other movies. Oh, stop it! It's true. It's true. <laughs> And also, there's a lack of conflict. I mean, come on. The stakes are that, like, oh, well, if he you know, works with the army, he'll get his legs back. But he'll get his legs back if he stays with Na'vi. So either way, he's getting legs. The guy had no, you know, the guy guy couldn't lose. I, I, I know, I know. This is, hmm. I, I, I understand. No, Joe, Joe, listen to me. I understand that I'm arguing the merits of a story in what is basically an action movie. I get that then don't make it complicated, make it a straightforward thing and, you know, make, make the, make the you know story just some straightforward thing. Then I would love it. But if you're going to try to trick me into a good story, don't do it with that bullshit. It's about finding love. It's about finding who you are as a person and a new lease on life, because now you have legs and a purpose, um, which is not to say that you can't have a new lease on life and a purpose without your legs. Like obviously you can, um, but in avatar world, that's what we're rolling with. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I know they're exploring water more in the next, at least the next one. Um, and the Pandora ride at Epcot, not Epcot, Animal Kingdom, 
in uh, Walt Disney World in Florida is really fascinating. Um, it, number one, it's a great ride, but number two, it shows you, um, you know, some of the water stuff as well. And um, apparently some of that was kind of like teasing what's to come. So I'm pretty excited for it. Um, will it do as well as the original Avatar? I don't know because I just feel like it's way too long. I mean, by the time it comes out, it'll be 13 years, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he asked people to buy into a completely like, you know, unknown world and stuff like that. And, you know, people jumped into that right away. Um, it'll be curious to see, like, if people care about 3D, because in 2009, everything was in 3D. And people said, well, this 3D is going to be great. And so people went and they, you know, bought extra for a 3D because they were supposed to. Yeah. Well, they do that with this now where pretty much nobody has really fallen for the 3D thing anymore. It's kind of a gimmick that wore off. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, this just in: Amazon has acquired Avatar, so no, um, <laughs> it will debut. It will debut on Disney Plus. <laughs> James Cameron is upset. Um, so, one other piece of news that broke today before we get into kind of like what we wanted to talk about at the end of this um, is that Daniel Bernhardt will repri reprise his role as Agent Johnson in the upcoming The Matrix 4. So he was last seen as an agent in the second film, I believe it was, The Matrix Reloaded. Um, and he um, died. <laughs> so, you know, there we are. Um, but it will be interesting to see how he factors into this, especially because we don't know anything about the plot. Um, but it's kind of neat that they're dipping back into that well a little bit. I just wonder if we know that uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen uh, is in this film and is rumored to be playing a young Morpheus. So I wonder if it has anything to do with like time. <laughs> I mean, if he's a young Morpheus then could be a bunch of flashbacks, but I mean, this is the matrix we're talking about. Homeboy could be a simulation. Yeah, like, he could sure. be like, you know, the, and, or, you know, maybe he never died because he died in a simulation or maybe the simulation was a simulation of the simulation. And then he died in the simulation after the simulation, man, I hope this is a simulation because Jesus, oh. this year has sucked. <laughs> This is going to be, if this is a simulation, this is much like the uh, Vanilla Sky version where Tom Cruise has having a nightmare because he's in a dream and he's glitching. I just spoiled that movie. <laughs> um, also, a simulation, not assimilation. <laughs> Two very I, different things. <laughs> I start, very true. Um, I, I started to say it fast and that got very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, I'm looking forward to it though. Like, I, I just hope that The Matrix 4 is unique enough that it's not reinventing the wheel. Uh, and modern enough that it is um, just as, I guess, well-received as the original was when it came out. Remember, the, those graphics were state-of-the-art. Mm -hmm. um, that whole, the bending backwards and crap like that. Like, that was, I remember when that came out, everyone was freaking out about it. Uh, so I want to see how they can uh, reinvent the wheel a little bit here um, with the story, um, but also push the envelope the way that the first one did. The second and third one, people are very split on. I still like them. They're very crazy and convoluted. Um, and I want to go back and rewatch them. But, uh, hey, who knows? Yeah, that might be a situation where um, I'd probably go back and rewatch them, too. Because, to tell you the truth, I've seen two and three. I don't really remember what they're about at all. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just one of those things where one was, even though one is this crazy, like, mindfuck type of thing, it still was just you could sit nice and easy with it. Yeah. Um, you sort of got what was happening. It's, uh, but like, you know, two and three, it just, you know, you, you threw a lot against the wall and not much stuck. What if the fourth one is like Russia is hacking into the matrix? <laughs> I mean, that would be great if, you know, we're just walking down the street and all of a sudden a Hillary meme hits us in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, God, so many jokes to be made. We're in election season and it needs Lapping to be all, way, all the way to hell. Yeah. Walking over. <laughs> Watch my language. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of election season, uh, we don't have a top story to discuss, but seeing as though we are uh, uh, on the, we're filming this or recording this on the first evening uh, or the evening of the first presidential debate, I'll get that sentence out. Don't worry. Um, we thought it would be fun to talk about if there was to be a movie about this hellacious time in our lives. Um, who would play Donald Trump, Mike Pence, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris? And I have some ideas. Not not great ones, but I want to hear your pick for. Let's start with Donald Trump. So Donald Trump, I have a few here that I'm going to talk through, and then I'll try to give my my best one. Um, 
So this is going to be very interesting and um, it would involve a lot of uh, situations. But first of all, you know, this is this was kind of a joke. And then also I kind of get this because he would play it genuinely and maybe not realize that the movie would possibly be spoofing him. I'd love to see John Voight play him um, and just, you know, because he, he, you know, kind of digs him right now. And so it would be interesting with that. Um, the other ones I had were Donald Sutherland, um, which, uh, you know, just in general, I think, you know, I don't know. There's just something that he could do there. That's er the arrogance there. Then the big one for me. Well, I got two of them. Um, this one would be, he would not have to put on any weight, but uh, Paul Sorvino from Goodfellas who played big Pauly. I think that he kind of has the intensity, like he kind of has the stare sort of move, but then here's my actual pick. This is going to be very interesting. And I I've heard interviews with this actor who says he would love to play him just because he's a fascinating character and not just because of like the impression of him. Brian Cranston, um, I I think that you know obviously there'd have to be a lot done, <laughs> and the <laughs> front and the uh, fat suit front, but I think Brian Cranston has this way, and I'm probably speaking at Walter White, and those are not similar characters, but I think there's a way of there's just the arrogance and no thinking truly that he's doing the right thing, but you know really self-serving and. I, I love the idea of Brian Cranston there. And I think it, it obviously would have to be quite a lot of imagination, but um, yeah. that would be my, my top pick. I like the Brian Cranston pick. That's one I, I wasn't thinking about, but I could see it. Um, I have three, one I, I could see right off the bat. I think Daniel day Lewis would do a good job. Oh. Um, I, I think I would really like that. Uh, I, I'm really like, debating whether to mention these two the others i have are um leonardo dicaprio hmm. in you know makeup and things like that in his older age i think he could pull that off in a similar way that christian bale could pull it off okay. with how christian bale just becomes these characters he already did it with dick cheney um yeah. I, I just think that could be really fascinating um, the other one I had, I deleted it off there. Or I forgot to put it on there, but and this just makes me think of it right now is um, Jack Nicholson, and I think it would be terrible. It's a horrible idea. It genuinely is. If I heard that, I'd be like, "This is going down. This is not a great idea." But I just think there's something about that where I would love to see what he would do with it. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Let's go to Mike Pence. I'm going to start with this one um, because my um, main pick for this. Okay. <laughs> Is John C. McGinley? Oh, do you have him too? No, but will you, you, I'll, I'll tell you who I have in a second. It'll be really funny because I almost screamed. Hit me, go. Uh, well, I had John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> there so, we go. I so let me let's think about this McGinley care because I really like that young enough with like you know still looking pretty old. Um, I think that there's a calm disposition that he could give because i i will say of all of these the hardest one i had uh, the hardest time i had casting was mike pence without 100%. a doubt percent personality there 100%. and it's really off-putting but um i so yeah i had you know because i just thought john c Riley could dial it back he could sort of play it interestingly well but you know reserved if you will and i could see mcginley doing the same thing yeah yeah i definitely could see that who did you would you have other ones for him I do, yeah. Um, so I have this one on here. I don't know, but I'll, I'll do this one instead because this one, in fully in the looks department, but actually I could see this being a little bit good. But uh, Steve Martin, um, where you know he just you know obviously the hair just comes to mind right away. But if you could just really envelope that down, and Steve Martin, all I can think about with Pence, and I know there's more to him, but I just think of like that weird ass smile he has. <laughs> And I think that's something that Martin could pull off. I know it's a little bit tricky, but uh, that, you know, that, that, cause you know, it'll probably be, well, no, who knows? It might be a comedy, but <laughs> like, it'll probably be a drama or a comedy. And, you know, I don't know if Martin horror. could have the chops. Yeah. It'd be a horror film. Yeah. Horror film. Exactly. Shutter, uh, Shutter original. <laughs> um, the other one that I had seen, which I think is kind of a funny one is Leslie Jordan. <laughs> that's Mike Pence. Oh he looks God. like him, but he's also very short and, you know, like his his characteristics, the way that he, I mean, his TikToks are hilarious so or Instagrams, whatever he does. Um, Joe Biden. This is another one I had trouble with, um, and I landed on one actor, 
and um, it's the actor that will not do this. Uh, <laughs> he, would, he would not do this, uh, but I uh, have Clint Eastwood. Really? Super tall, super old. Um, you know, he's got kind of like that, like that, like I'll, I'll beat you up charisma, but also I'll come over here and I'll shake your hand or let's go wrestle. Like he's interesting. Granted, he's super old now and this movie will come out in like, you know, 10 or 20 years. So, uh, you know, I mean, Eastwood's been kicking it, but, you know, but I just see something there. Maybe like, you know, Eastwood, million dollar baby Eastwood. So like about 20 years ago, but million dollar baby Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's. That's an interesting choice. I was thinking kind of in the similar realm because of just old, um, which is sad. But um, no, no, I didn't want to think that. But <laughs> I like the thought of so Robert De Niro, but I don't know that Robert De Niro could pull off the calm demeanor that Joe Biden usually has. Um, Edward Norton is another one. That one I like. I actually think Edward Norton is my pick. Yeah, because Robert De Niro is too much of, you know, and granted, I just keep in mind, I just said Clint Eastwood, but Robert De Niro has too much of this in, intimidating, like, front to him that uh, I don't know if that would really be the yeah. well thing. And his career and reputation, I think, precedes him. So I don't know if it would be, if he's at the point in his life where he wants, he'll be able to, like, you know, morph into a totally different demeanor. Um, I don't know. That's but actually if, something I, I should have said at the front of this is that um, I'm gonna, like, you know, that we're having fun right now, but uh, I'm going to be no fun and say that I would like to see if they do this kind of thing. I would have rather seen um, like uh, just unknowns, maybe not unknowns, but like very, very low character actors that, you know, maybe you've only kind of seen once in a while. Because I think like otherwise you see Jack Nicholson as Donald Trump or you see um, Edward Norton as Joe Biden and, it's, it, and it gets trickier. And, you know, these these are usually Right now, we're probably casting the HBO film that's going to come out in five years because they always do this crap where they have, and then they immediately have like all of the uh, presidents in there and stuff. But I, I would love to see just like you know them trying to like you know these people that aren't that famous try to crawl up into these roles. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's something like you know a Vice, I, I will push back a little bit just to say that in Vice, Christian Bale totally became Dick Cheney for me, um, as did uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, as George W. Bush. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Same thing. Um, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I totally became those characters for me. And, um, you know, I, I think a little of it has to do with the prosthetic makeup. Um, Cheney was a larger individual uh, or is a larger individual. So that uh, the weight game that Christian Bale has become known for uh, being able to pack on and lose uh, for these roles, I think, really helps with it, too. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm well, kind of interested. Say, the actors would be like famous actors would be bad. It's just that unfortunately, like you, like you were saying with De Niro, the reputation proceeds and then yeah. something like, yeah, they they could like, you know, work the makeup that, you know, the, and the actor can absolutely transform into them. And so if they could do those two things, yeah, cool. Let's put someone in there. Cause you're right. You know, we watched Dick Cheney. We didn't watch, um, Christian Bale. So yeah. there's something to that. Yeah. You got to get it like dead right. You know what I mean? Like uh, the casting, if you're going to go with someone that's known, you need to make sure that it's solid casting and that they can really take that role on. Um, otherwise, you're going to if there's one unbelievable person, then you're you're not going to be able to deliver that film. Uh, the last one is, of course, Kamala Harris. Uh, who do you have for this one? So this one I decided to go like from a more uh, like characteristic department as a, a less of a looks department. I went with Stanley Tucci. Um, I think that. <laughs> No, um, I um, so dumb. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it. I mean, I, I will say this: I genuinely went more for personality than looks in this one, um, and uh, I just th I, I thought about it. And unfortunately, this one was a hard one. And unfortunately, we all know the reason why is because you know you look up uh, black actresses, and you know the, the Google search says you know did you mean old white men? And so it's just one of those things that's really tough. But anyway. I typed, uh, I typed it in, I took a look through, and as I was looking through, someone came to mind that I like way more, and it is uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh, that's a good pick. I like and that. I think you know, it's more of the personality, the booming personality. Like, like she is someone that, like, in the public eye does not take shit from anyone. She is someone who's like, you know, oh, yeah, no, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like, who cares why you, like, you know, doing this kind of stuff? And that's not really Harris's purview, but it's still something where, like, she can take on an establishment. And yeah. so I like the idea of her there. 
That, I think that's a great casting. Um, I didn't even think of her. That's a really good one. I uh, lean towards Kerry Washington a little bit. Uh, I think Kerry Washington kind of has that strong demeanor from her scandal days. She just needs to not overreact or, or overact, I should say, um, to absolutely every or in, in every scene because that's all that show was. It was Kerry Washington overacting. Um, and then it just got ridiculous from there. I might start rewatching that again, actually. <laughs> I love how you use the full circle. <laughs> just pivoted towards that. Um, but you know who I have? And it's because she embodies her so well um, on Saturday Night Live. You got to go Maya Rudolph because Maya Rudolph has already won an Emmy for that portrayal. And is just, she's so solid in that. Um, she gets the voice down, I think, too, which is kind of unique to Kamala. She, I, I didn't really realize this, but... Um, thinking about it, I think she does have like a unique voice um, and kind of like a youthful spirit to her in a way. And Maya Rudolph, I think, just nails every every piece of it. I'm I had that was one of my rules that I just gave myself not do for it. this game, but was uh, no SNL skit people. Um, and I think it wasn't just because like they're not good because I think actually Maya Rudolph is the best casting for this. But I think that people would perceive it as a sketch. Yeah. And that would be yeah. the problem there. I, I think about uh, the TV movie uh, Game Changer, where um, Julianne Moore played um, Sarah Palin. Yeah. And I remember when that casting was announced, everyone was just like, Tina Fey, what the hell? Like, they're twins. Like, why aren't you doing yeah. that? That's a good point. There was a scene where Tina Fey was on SNL while Julianne Moore was watching her. And so, you know, that's not the reason to expel one of them. But that is just something interesting about that whole part. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. It'll be interesting because I think, as you said, you know, HBO will jump all over this with some sort of filming. Um, we already have uh, a TV series, The Comey Rule, that I know you were watching, right? Um, so we're, we're starting to see the casting. Of course, Donald Trump uh, is played by Alec Baldwin on uh, Saturday Night Live. And um, Jim Carrey is going to be playing uh, Joe Biden moving forward. Oh, for oh, OK. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um, I, I will say, like, you know, I think Alec Baldwin's got to go. Please. Like, he was very funny that first season, and it just got very tired. Very oh, funny. see, I don't think it did. <laughs> oh, you're still going for it. I, you know, I love it. I, I, I love the man getting made fun of. Don't get me wrong. But it's just something where, like, I, I just think that, I don't know, it's just lost its bite. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I think Saturday Night Live, this is a you know, complete deviation, but Saturday Night Live kind of lost it a little bit last year because of the pandemic, unfortunately. I think that that, like, at-home stuff worked in some regards, but it, it just didn't. They weren't at their best. I truly admire the effort, but you're right. That's just not going to work. Yeah. Well, that's that. Uh, let's check to see if any other news has broken while we're talking, because that always happens to us. Um, it will be something crazy like, uh, like Marvel is quitting movies or something. Yeah. Um, no, nothing. So that's solid. Uh, Sean, what do you got going on coming up in the next week? Anything crazy work just going to destroy you this week or something? Um, most likely. I think I need to learn that I can't just work at work anymore, um, which is uh, something I need to come to terms with. And I have my own little office here, so I think that's going to be my new move. But, uh, uh, you know, I'll just once in a while I'll get a movie in and that'll keep me going. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you have a couple uh, movies that are coming out tomorrow that you can watch on streamers. So it's not really a uh, big week for theatrical releases or anything. Uh, if, if you look at Regal and AMC, a lot of the classic films are going back in, um, which is kind of fun. I mean, I've never seen crazy rich Asians and that's going to be in Regal's. So I'm going to go see that. Um, the absolute blockbuster Hocus Pocus is going to be in theaters on uh, this weekend. So I'm going to see that. Um, <laughs> But tomorrow on Netflix, you have two films. You have one being a documentary, The American Murder, The Family Next Door, uh, which is very fascinating, or should be very fascinating. Um, and then The Boys in the Band, uh, which is an adaptation of the uh, Broadway show and a book, I believe. And it's just an absolutely stacked cast. So I want to talk about this one for a quick second, because yeah. we'll, we'll definitely talk about it next week. So I'm definitely going to see this one. I've heard it's problematic. And I've heard that maybe it's problematic because it's being adapted from the 1970s movie that might have been like may not have aged well and may not be problematic. I know nothing about this, so um, I'm just going to wait until I see it. I don't know if you've heard any sort of issues with that. No, I really haven't. Um, I, I don't know what the 
what would be the issue with it? Something um, about homophobia, possibly, even though it's an all gay cast, and I feel like that's something great. I've heard this problem, and so I'm I'm very curious to see it to see what the issue might be. Yeah, um, I think I'm just I googled it real quick, and what I'm seeing is um, the boys in the band cast talks the beauty of the polarizing gay classic. Uh, so it's probably going to spark some discussion. Um, of course, with the time that it was. Uh, that it's taking place in uh it is definitely going to be i think a little hard to watch in terms of acceptance and stuff like that um but i don't know i'm definitely gonna watch it it's um uh what's his name ryan murphy um which i think is always interesting he's he's good at some of these movies like i'm trying to remember um the other one he did well he's a big tv guy Uh yeah I would say like, you know, I, I'd argue that he's very entertaining. And so his stuff is great to watch, but sometimes he's just, you know, a little bit too I, I, theatrical is not even the right word, but it's a little bit too overblown. And he, he did the normal heart as well, which was uh, Mark Ruffalo in them. And that was a great movie. Yeah. That was really good. That, yeah. That's a Ryan Murphy. Wow. That's Ryan Murphy. Um, and this cast is pretty well stacked. Um, Jim Parsons, Matt Bomer, Charlie Carver, Andrew Rannells, Zachary Quinto, uh, Brian Hutchinson, uh, Michael Benjamin Washington. It's it's wild. Um, oh, uh, so here's another one. Boys in the band cast defend use of reprehensible language. So oh, it's the, it's oh okay. I mean, <laughs> I think it's going to be very genuine. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I guess people are wanting them to shy away from it. Let me mm. see. I'm gonna look real quick. Um, yeah, they're saying the, it, they kept it kind of genuine in order to honor the period and social mores of the time. Um, yeah, some of these characters talk in ways that are really ultimately reprehensible. Wow. So, right, now I'm very curious. Um, yeah. I, want, I wonder if it's just one of those things because, you know, let, let's face it, if, if we're talking about a offensive language, uh, you know, that happens in a lot of different movies, both old and new. And so I'm, I'm wondering why this one's coming under crossfire. Maybe it's because it wants to be, you know, a, like uh, a role model. Of, of yeah. Sorts, but well, it's from digitalspy.com. So I'm not really going to put too much weight into it. Ah. Um, but it says the new version, which reunites the cast of 28, the 2018 Broadway revival is faithful to the original text and is still set in 1968, meaning that there is some language in there that will potentially shock a modern audience unaware of the play. So we'll see. We'll talk about that next week because I'm sure that we'll uh, we'll both watch it. Uh, the other one coming out is The Glorias uh, tomorrow. On Amazon had secured the rights to that, and that will be out on Amazon Prime. So some solid movies to watch. Be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll have some good discussions next week. Um, anything else going on? Where can people find you? So I am on Instagram at Math Teacher Movies. I do uh, monologue Mondays, what the Oscars got wrong Wednesdays, final shot Fridays, and then movie reviews from the past and the present, but not a lot of them because I'm answering students' emails right now. <laughs> I think you should change your name to Movie Buddha or something. Like you said the, your Buddha thing earlier. I'm like, yeah, Movie Buddha. Movie Buddha. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Um, always good content. Uh, you always, uh, every time that I see one of your posts pop up, it's it reminds me of a film that I haven't thought about in a while oh. uh, with some of the, the non-current films that you're covering. So that's pretty fun. Um, upcoming events, there's really uh, nothing much going on. I'm pushing back Quizzos uh, for the next couple of weeks um, just because they, they take a lot of time. I'm um, working on some other projects right now. Um, but you can find me on Guy at the Movies or the newly redesigned Guy at the Movies.com. Uh, and uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, all of those. Um, please make sure that you comment, rate us, uh, you know, tell friends about us, share, uh, request things, request, uh, request us to do some more impressions. Because oh, we're very good at that. Request it. We just got through this whole thing without impressions. And I was I'm, trying to find a way to weasel one in. Well, we just we just went through dump uh, oh, dump well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Trump and Biden. So I mean, <laughs> it's some great casting. Uh, huge. Um, anyway, 
listen to us there and we will chat with you soon. Um, but we want to remind you, I want to remind you to wear your damn mask. And Sean? Sean? Oh. <laughs> that went great. Leave it in. And I would like to remind you to vote and take it from me, someone that addresses himself in the third person. Uh, and Sean? Sean. <laughs> I'll just anyway. the last thing you say because, you know. But yes, please, guys, register to vote. Vote when it comes uh, time to do so. Check your registration right now. Right now. Right now. Get your phone out. Go, go Google your registration because guess what? It could have lapsed. It could have screwed up. Check your registration now and then vote. And there is a resource uh, on guyatthemovies.com. It will take you to iwillvote.com, which will give you uh, the resources that you need for your specific state to make sure that you're registered or uh, for you to uh, double check your registration or for you to request a mail-in ballot, however you want to go about this. Um, so please, please, please do that. And we'll see you next week. 